You really, you really believe that? I do. I do believe that. Yes. You really believe that stupid thing that you just said? <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different album from a different artist and we, uh, we break down the record, we find out all the secrets about it, and we let you guys all know what's going on with it. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there is Jeff. So go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. We have a phone number that you can call, leave us a voicemail, send us a text message, uh, the phone number is 503-893-5307. So get into that. And we also have a Discord server if you want to join that. Hit us up. We'll send you the link. We'll hang out, talk, whatever you want. You know, we're easy. So that's all I got on the intro. The boring, boring intros. So what uh, what are we doing today, Jeff? Uh, we're doing Outcasts and their album, Aliens. Oh, Jeff, man. what is your... What is your origin story with uh, the Outcasts? Did you say go or you didn't say go? Go, go. Oh, okay, there we go. I, I don't do anything until I say go or until I hear go. Yeah. So my origin story is this song. This is the first song that I ever heard by Outcast because uh, it was at like some some school-sponsored dance at Rio Vista. And I don't know, we were like fourth grade or some shit when this came out in. And I don't like it. And so... That was, I mean, that was like my my first intro to Outcast. Yeah, fast forward to like Stankonia, mm-hmm. and Stankonia is when I really started to get more into music. This is two thousand. This is right before high school, essentially, and yeah. I yeah. liked music more. I was more receptive to it. I was way more into hip hop, and I didn't like Stankonia. I was like, this is what these like these fucking these guys released Stankonia. Yeah, it's got a couple of bangers on it that are pop songs but this isn't hip-hop and being like my you know eighth grade me who was still wearing pulled up socks and adidas who was very into gangster rap at the time this was stupid this was a joke mm-hmm. so then fly, fast forward again for a couple years and i think it was when hey i came out is when i went back and finally listened to i think it was atlians or it was southern and i still wasn't impressed honestly still was not impressed but I like the way that they vibe off each other. So I give them that. But it honestly wasn't until like a couple of years ago. I don't remember what prompted me to get into it. But something happened a couple of years ago where I finally went back and really gave AT. I think it was just because so many people had put, I think it was Mark Leonard, friend of the park, friend of the park, Mark. Part, friend of the park. Friend of the park, Mark. <laughs> Too bad his name's not Mod because he's a friend of the pod, Mod. Friend of the park, Mark. <laughs> He said, was like, yeah, dude, like Outkast, they're one of the greatest like rap duos of all time. And I was like, fucking Stankonia guys? No way. And then he was the one that told me to go back and listen to AT Aliens. And I think that's, that was the reason why I did and loved it. 
Loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved it ever since. Can't get enough of it. And this week has just been a delight. And uh, since we started collecting the vinyls too, like now I'm really into to Big Boy because Big Boy, his first album, Sir Lucius, I got that when we kind of first started collecting. And that was a gamble that I took and it turned out to be fantastic. And so I'm, I'm fully on board with everything Outcast has done, minus Idlewild and Love Below. Other than that, I think everything they do is fucking fantastic. It's great stuff. That's it. Yeah. Closing thoughts. So I give this album a... No, I'm just kidding. All right. Shortest pod ever. Shortest pod ever. A year. A year. <laughs> what if that's at, how every pod was now? I remember, at, I remember at school, too, like everybody always like, A year. A year. I don't Put remember in the A year. Oh, but I never... I, I was never in that group. Well, I mean, I didn't know you until high school, so... There's that. I went to a very different middle or elementary school than the high school I went to. Very different uh, demographic of people. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very different. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So my my origin story with Outcast is B.O.B. That was the first song I ever heard. I mean, I was was an MTV man back then. That's all I've watched was MTV and VH1. It was good back then. Yeah. I mean, it was. There was a lot of good stuff. And we'll talk about that even more extensively next week with our album of the week. Oh God. But <laughs> yeah, buckle up, buckle up everyone. But, uh, but yeah, with outcast, that was the first thing I heard that video. I mean, the vibrant colors of that video was just like, it draws you in and the speed and the intensity of that, that song. It's something you've never heard. B.O.B. is something you would never heard up to that point. At least for me, especially, you know, I'm, I'm a fucking white, a white kid. What the fuck do I know? You know, I'm, I'm listening to corn and Biscuit. Who the fuck am I? But uh, yeah, that that song really blew me away. And then I, right after that, I remember the video for, um, oh my God, what is the, So Fresh, So Clean. Oh. It came out like right after that. And I remember that video playing even more than B.O.B. So that, that song and video is ingrained in my head even more so than B.O.B. But yeah, B.O.B. just is on another level. I mean, that was that was my introduction to the group, but I never went back. Like I I listened to the singles after after B.O.B., but that was it. I never listened to really any full length. As far as I can remember, I never did. It was just always the singles. So Fresh So Clean, um, Roses, Hey, uh, The Way You Move, which I love, The Way You Move. Like that was, dude, I fucking love that song. Even back then, when that came out, I loved that song. The video is fucking weird as hell. I rewatched that video, but man, when that video came out, it was always on. I think that video was on more than Hey Ya was, but it was never as popular, but the video was always on, and it's a weird-ass video. So much bad CGI. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> remember bad. the video. Dude, it's terrible. Like, like a lot of scantily, scantily clad women, which you know was normal at the time. Yeah, big boy side. But they were like what they were doing in the videos was just like they're acting like I don't. It was just weird. It was it was a weird video. But dude, that song was a banger too. So that's my origin story with Outcast. Just pretty much the singles. And then it wasn't until this week that I that I actually went back and listened to really any of their records in their entirety, and I was blown away by some of it. It was there was some really good stuff there. Obviously, some stinkers, um, absolute stinkers. But some pretty good stuff too. So there you go. That's my origin story with Outcast. So, uh, what do you got? Uh, what, what what are your 
What are your first impressions on this record, or do you just want to get into the, or do we have any stinkers? I I have no stinkers. I have a couple of okay songs, and okay. Uh, I I think I think the album as a whole is absolutely fantastic. I think parts of it can get a little monotonous, listening to it over and over and over. I get why this may be lower on some people's rankings. I just um I don't know like just it's not just this album it's when it came out it's where it came out it's how it came out I think everything about this album is just it's so unique it's so it's so like ballsy it's just so fucking uh like here we are listen to me I am woman hear me roar type of thing it's just so great I fucking love it so I, okay. I don't know where, I don't know where to start but I don't know what do you want me to do I don't know what to do so I have one song that is on the verge of a stinker. Oh, damn. Which one? Like, it's really close to being a stinker. And that's Babylon. Wow. 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 That's and my 3B. Only, is it really? Yeah. That's a, that's a slow jam. You love the fucking ballads. What's so, going on? Dude, that hook, that chorus, I can't stand. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. It is, it, it's that hook that kills it for me. And then the whoever, I forgot who sings the hook, but he does like the like a last verse or like an outro to it. And it just, dude, this song is not, it's not good. It's almost a stinker because Very of that. But outside of that, the verses are great. Like some, like the sampling, like the, the little bit of sampling and the beats and everything, it's great. But dude, that, that hook is just horrendous. It's so stereotypical, boring 90s R&B. Okay. okay. I can't stand okay. it. Okay. 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 Babylon is my 3B. But why? I'm curious. Like, what what makes this stand out for you? So this is a slower jam, like I said. It, but it has it has Dre and Big Boy rapping faster, and yeah. Dre's verse. And I I I think he. And again, I I will say I think he's very one dimensional. I think he out out the gate he has a very unique rapping style, but then it never gets better than that. It's always just that. Whereas Big Boy out the gate is like very you think like oh on the on the superficial level he's just oh that's just another player that's just another rapper talking about player. bitches and hoes player a or and he does a lot but then he's he's so fucking nuanced so dre in this one is fantastic because he has a complete disregard for the beat and he's just going off on his own and he's making his own beat and it just so happens to match up just enough and end on the same beat, and it's damn good. And this is very reminiscent of like what Snoop Dogg does, where but it, the only difference is Snoop Dogg doesn't always end on the beat; he just ends when he feels like fucking shutting the fuck up and <laughs> stop talking. Yeah. But this is my favorite Andre 3000 verse on the entire record. Okay, and I I because I I love I I just love it. I think it's fantastic. I think like lyrically it's great. I That's think delivery wise it's fantastic. Yeah, no, lyrically he's he's I mean, he spends. Dre's talking a lot of, uh, about how he spends uh, he spends a lot of time talking about drugs and how he's above it, and then it correlates mm. to like drug use to the hip hop scene in general, and then he brings up guns, and then he brings up how like how likely it is that the government put the guns there the same way that they put the cocaine there or the crack there I should say not cocaine cocaine's for white people crack is for black people is the big debate the big yeah. conspiracy theory, and there's mm. a lot of that in this record. And so that's that's kind of what he what he's going off. And then he talks about how silly it is for his fellow rappers to be showing off their guns 
while the manufacturers of said guns are laughing all the way to the bank and also possessing weapons that will just wipe out the entire city. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's, that's true. dude, this is, come on. We're talking East Coast versus West Coast hip hop here. And these guys coming out, making fun of everybody for showing off their guns, saying, like, don't you guys realize that we we're better than this. Let's be better than this. And nobody listens to Outcast. Nobody listens to Outcast. True. And and lyrically on this one, I also kind of feel I mean what what I agree with what you said, but it's also just a criticism in general of modern society society of this time. And and kind of one of the one of the themes of this record is him criticizing especially the object, objectification of women and how, you know, we should be treating women more as like almost like a higher being like a queen or you know like you worship your woman you know not you don't objectify your woman like that's that's not something he's into and he believes in it's the complete opposite of that but he feels like that's how that's where society is going and there are a few songs like that on this and and this is one of them and along with what you were saying as well it's it's super interesting because I read I read another article this week where somebody was talking about why why aren't more black people in like the top songwriters of all time like you know the people talk about Bob Dylan as being one of the greatest songwriters of all time but yeah. you don't like him and you don't think he's overrated and I I I see where that that criticism comes from because he does write the same shit like over and over and over. But like, why? Mm-hmm. Why is there never like a lyricist who is a black person in like a top of all time? It's just we've gotten this perpetual thing over and over and over where Bob Dylan is the greatest songwriter of all time, which I think he's in like the top three, to be fair. But okay. yeah. there's so many other people that that I think as a hip as a rapper in hip hop that could be inserted into a top five songwriters of all time for sure. And I oh, think I the, agree, yeah. the way the way the way Dre and Big Boy mesh with each other, I, as far as like like rap duos who both rap, not to, like Eric Eric B and Rakeem, Eric B never rapped. It was always Rakeem. So as far as like rap duos, I think Outkast is the best, the best rap duo of all time, mm-hmm. hands down. I think a close close second, and it's only because they are getting better and better and better. Is Run the Jewels. But I don't yeah, think I don't think LP is on the same level as either Dre or Big Boy, whereas Killer Mike is on another level. But whatever, I I just I, it's it's bizarre that there's not a lot of rappers in like a top songwriters of all time. And then another thing the article said was, how come when a song trashes women and and objectifies them and berates them and then looks down on them, it's it's so far beyond like our our scope and we think it's disgusting. But then when we put women on like a pedestal, it's like, well, you know, women are great and all, but they're not on a pedestal. Like, why can't we go the other route? Why, why, is it, why is it not okay to go one way and also not okay to go the other way type of thing? I don't know. It was, True. It was a little more articulate than it is now with my seven beers deep that I got going on. But it was, <laughs> it was a good article. Like, why, why, I don't know, yeah. why do we love Tupac so much? And he said he was innocent for all the sexual assault charges or whatever. But why is it okay for us to do this? But then when Dre talks about how we should be putting women on a pedestal, we think that's a, like, come on, guy. That's a little much, right? You know, we, we almost like think he's joking. I think it's because at the time, especially in, in the 90s and early 2000s, that's what like sex, sex sells. 
and look at all the big <laughs> videos of the time. You know, that's what sold. And I mean, obviously, Outcast did do that, but in some of the the early videos or a lot of their videos, especially when it comes comes to Andre three thousand, like you could tell in the videos, like he he acts like he doesn't like what he's seeing, like with the strippers around him and all that, like trying to make a point, like. I don't agree with this, but this is what it has to be for us to be famous or for us to have any sort of credibility within, you know, pop music. Because what video was it? I think it was on this record where they're in a strip club. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was. Was, was that it, not? Was that not? It AT wasn't Aliens? AT No, it wasn't AT Aliens. It was. Damn it, I can't remember right now. But there was a video off of this record, and it was that thing where like. Andre and Big Boy were sitting right next to each other at a strip club and there's everybody dancing around him but Andre's like visibly like uncomfortable but it, it obviously seems very put on but he was trying to make a point and yeah I, I don't know it's uh, that 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 kind of coincides with Idlewild the movie and in Idlewild the movie is, is kind of like a a more esoteric jab at the rap world and and mm-hmm. objectifying women and the, the like the movie opens up with they're at like a cabaret club or something and there's a lot of topless women going around going around or dancing or whatever you call going topless around, women yeah. doing at a cabaret i've never been i don't know what the <laughs> fuck a cabaret is but it's a, <laughs> but i think like, it's like a very fancy strip club but isn't like for like the 19 like fucking 1800s or something it's pretty much cabaret it's pretty much around it's a fully clothed fully clothed strip club that is actually more of a performance did you do like Wikipedia that, or is that just like no? I'm just like totally. Oh. I'm off the top of my head. Yeah, that was that was good. That was solid. <laughs> That's I what always, I'm thinking. I've always thought right? a cabaret was for like cowboys. Well, I think a cabaret, like a strip club, before strip clothes were a strip club. That's what. Yeah, I think that, I'm pretty sure that's what it is because yeah. the women never get naked, but they get scant. But they're scantily yeah. clad. They show a little ankle, and everybody goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, maybe a little, a little more than an ankle. A knee? Some leg they show there. knees? I, th- I think a little bit above the knee. They <laughs> Bunch might of hussies over there in the cabarets. <laughs> Fucking hussies. Better not show me word. a thigh. I'll tell you what. Dude, I'll tell you what. That word, man, hussy, that is just one word that is just so funny to me. Because <laughs> it's so stupid. Like It's so on. dumb. You cannot take it seriously. And I, I used that word so much growing up, just like teasing friends and stuff and... It's so stupid because it's not even really offensive. It's just silly. Well, it's in the straight up silly. It's in the music, man. The musical. A girl that a kiss in the very first date is usually a hussy. Hussy, yeah. You love singing yeah. that. I yeah. love singing that. I love the music, man. Of course you do. You love. Let's music. come on. What are you? Man. What are we doing here? What are we doing? We're here? talking about Babylon. We're talking Babylon. about Babylon. Babylon. Should we play a little I'm bit like, of Babylon? That's the lost city of Babylon, right? Or the fictional city yeah. of Babylon? Atlantis is the lost city. Yeah. True. How do you lose a city? But yeah, Babylon's fantastic. Sick. I Come love on. it. It's 3B. 3B. But man, that like I said, that chorus is like one of the worst things. I guess the guy, the person's name is An- Andre Martin. Yeah, Andre Martin. Andrea Martin? I don't know. But it's just... Could be, could be yeah. You know, Andre I, I, I just, I think it's so terrible. I think it's so... Ugh. It's... I can't stand Damn, it. Damn. Okay. All right. I really, I, it's so bad. Oi. But we could play it and kind of understand that. We don't. We don't have to play it. That's fine. I mean, and this is like the only time on the record that Big Boy gets like deep and serious. Yeah, that's true. It, it, he always <laughs> takes like a more like like pimpish kind of road. Like he never really, he never gets esoteric like Andre does. 
But it's, it's funny because, I mean, it's, it's not funny. It's interesting because Big Boy fully embraces the fact that he is a product of his environment, but he is mm-hmm. still kind of rising above it. Whereas Andre embraces like, like he is a product of pushing back from the environment he grew up in. You know what I mean? Like they both grew yeah, up no, in I the same it. area, whereas Big Boy embraced the, the, the life and, and, and grew from it and became better than it. Dre constantly pushed away from the life but still grew up in it and, and got better from it. And so it's like, that's what makes these guys so good is they're just, they come from the same place and they're two completely different perspectives on the same upbringing. And it comes mm-hmm. out as just ATLians as just a fucking masterpiece of hip hop. Well, masterpiece. Oh my God. Dude, this is a masterpiece of hip hop. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I mean, I, this is a really great record, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't go far as to say it's a masterpiece. This is uh It's really great. But this is top this is top twenty hip hop albums all time. No, it's not. I will say that. It's not. I will. It's not. Actually, I did say that. Well, I know you, you can say it, but it's actually, not actually I'm saying That's that. That's fine. No, I mean you could say it as actually as you want, but it's not. I said that. All right, See? should we play a little bit of Babylon or, or what? No, we have to play Babylon. That's all right. We okay. talked about it a lot. We, we have other bees to get to and we have other stuff okay. to talk about. We, we got babies even talk- to kiss, handshakes to do. We haven't even talked about the title track, which title we track. already played. Play the so, fucking track. Okay, so let's get into AT Aliens, the title track. Let's get into uh, it. We already played it, obviously. Uh, what do you What do you got on this one? What do you got on this one? This is my 2B. Is this a B for okay. you? It should be a B for you. Well, well. God. It's my 2B. <laughs> Good Lord. It is Jesus my 2B. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, this You're is, about to get real fussy right there. Because it's just like, come on, change the record. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to change the record on this one, yeah. Just this is, kidding. Um, this, is, this is only, there's only like three, I think there's only three songs that was written, that were written and produced written? solely by Outkast, by by Big Boy and Dre. And this I is the first right. of the three songs that were written and produced solely by them. And uh, this is a very, very R&B influenced funk song disguised as a rap song. Mm-hmm. Bass is great. And they use a lot of, a lot of live instrumentation. A lot of people are playing music on this record as well as using samples. So there's not there's not a ton of samples. There's maybe like 10% samples, and the rest is just actual people playing music. And this one, I like the snare sound. I think the snare sound is cool. It has a nice crack mm-hmm. to it, and then it's got like this little roll at the end of the beat, and it's mm-hmm. a nice little subtle touch. But the the chorus, come on, Dude, the it's chorus. Beyond, it's beyond catchy. Like we're talking about a hip hop group that is now throwing out like catchy pop choruses disguised as hip hop choruses. Come on, <laughs> it's uh, and they're so bad. It it's so it's so bad. Yeah, it sounds like some of the fucking Yin Yang Twins would do or something. It's it's so stupid. <laughs> air, oh, throw your hands God. in the air, and we even like you just don't care. Like not even just the air, but even just the lyrics and the hook are so stupid. I love it. When this you song know, is it, yeah. fantastic. It's it's. I don't know. I don't know. What, what, what do you want? What do you, what do you got? What do you need? What do you? Need? I was gonna what? ask you. 
about because you know more about southern hip hop than I do. Uh, wait, what the fuck was I gonna at, ask? Holy shit! At, oh my god! god. So like outcasts, yeah. yeah so as I, far as southern hip hop goes, outcasts are not the originators of southern hip hop. We had ghetto boys that were coming out, like gangster rap coming out of like Houston. We had UGK that had already been much, around. How much earlier was was that? Ghetto Boys were like late eighties. Like Ghetto Boys were, were okay. but they were like heavily, heavily gangster rap, and that's like Bushwhack Bill, like the little, like the little person, the little oh, midget yeah, guy. That's right. Yeah, remember yeah, that yeah. horrible shot. cover, shot in the face, and they put it as yeah. their cover art. A horrible yeah. thing to do. But yeah, like Southern hip hop had been around already since like the late eighties, and so Outkast are not the originators of it at all. But what Outkast did was allow not just southern hip hop but hip hop in general to to be heard outside of east coast and west coast and gangster rap mm-hmm. like you didn't have to be gangster rap to make it and it's it's interesting how hip hop kind of transformed to just being extended breakbeats from from old 70s soul records to gangster rap in like the early to mid 90s and then i don't know had it not been for like Tupac dying and outcast I don't know how long gangster rap would have been around. I really don't. Because those are like the two main catalysts, I think. And I, what the fuck do I know? I'm not no hip-hop expert here. But I think the two biggest catalysts for, for transitioning out of like, gangster rap was Tupac dying and Outkast. Yeah, I would I would say so. Um, but I mean, when you really think about genres of music, they don't last very long. Even even look, look at hair metal. That didn't last very long. That was... That sucked. 80, like 81 through, I mean, that was probably like the longest one, like 81 through 89. And that was you know? bred and out of a it, genre that already existed though. Like that was, that was yeah. bred out of rock. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking hip hop that didn't exist really until like the mid to late eighties. Like yeah, otherwise it was true. just kind of like Grandmaster Flash and his boys and DJ Cooler doing some spinning stuff. But like really hip hop got a hold of itself and, like the mid '80s, so this is a very yeah. new genre that's barely ten years old, still wet behind the fucking ears. So, so what I was going to ask that I forgot a couple of minutes ago was that with with southern hip hop, it kind of seems like with Outkast, they they purposely did not try to use samples, like they tried their hardest not to use samples. Was that like a a southern hip hop thing where they wanted to do something a little bit more, like let's use live instruments, or should we just sample? Like I. I don't know because I know very little about this this genre. Was that so, something so like, real? Like, real? It's it's not because you had UGK and UGK was a, a little bit before Outkast. UGK, I think their first album came out maybe like ninety one, maybe ninety two, but they had already been around you know prior to that. And their first album was like, had a bunch of samples on it. And it included like like I don't know some big names like the Ghetto Boys, some other other people from the the South area. Mm-hmm. So that was a conscious decision that Outkast did was to not was to try and not use samples and use like live instrumentation. I don't know if that was just bred out of out of I don't want to pay for samples, or if that was just maybe they wanted to be different because I think these kids did have a different mindset right from the get go. I think Southern Playa is different from its contemporaries just based off its production, based off of its, its songwriting, the way it sounds. Everything about it is different than everything mm. else that was coming out from the early to mid-90s. And I think yeah. that's that's what Outkast was doing, was was making a name for themselves by being an outcast, 
but I think that was just who they were, especially True. like Dre more so than Big Boy. But I, I even think like Big Boy felt like an outcast because he did grow up with 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 he did grow up with like the homies, but he didn't end up like most of the homies that he he raps about. He like elevated. He got better. He had a kid before this album came out, which like greatly yeah, which changed his perspective thing. on life, and he fully embraced like the dad life. And even like Dre modeled his own fathering after big boy and he was like holy shit like i cannot believe that like when we started recording big boy said my family is first and then outcast comes second and that was just something that he carried on throughout outcast and that's like outcast is just one of the most unique hip-hop groups that have have ever been and then the fact that they're so groundbreaking almost every single album has been damn near groundbreaking it's just it's unreal and i just i cannot believe that Outcast doesn't get even still like you talk about Stankonian speaker box and stuff those won a lot of awards they won mm-hmm. a lot of Grammys Dre's been a lot of movies but really Outcast doesn't get a lot of recognition they, they don't, don't outside they don't. of their outside of like the two pop song or the few pop songs yeah they don't they I, they're way more recognized recognized in a pop sense than they are a hip hop sense which which it's is a really a shame terrible honestly yeah it really is terrible because they really have the talent, obviously, and they've influenced so many. It's pretty crazy. I, I never I never knew that they were as popular as they were prior to Stankonia. Like I, I honestly thought Stankonia was their second record and that was their big breakthrough. And but I had no idea that they had three albums prior to this. And those were both they were platinum selling records, like multiple platinum selling records. That's that's insane. Yeah, and like you know? right off the bat, like Southern Play, it was sold a lot of copies. Yeah, and they rap about it a lot in ATLians. How they don't like they're not rich. Mm-hmm. They say, yeah, we sold a lot of copies and we made like a good money, but like all that shit's going to, like the label. Like the label took most of it. We we we're still just normal people. Mm-hmm. And however much that is true, I don't know. I tend to believe them more because they've been pretty honest. From Southern Playa all the way, I think, until Stankonia. Speaker Box and Love Below is a fucking joke of a sellout. Idlewild is dumb. So I believe them for their first, you know, like four or five albums. Agreed. Agreed. And so I, I, I think, I, I don't know, I, I think that they know, I think right from the get-go, they knew that either this ship was going to sail off into the sunset and make them a ton of money, or they're going to fucking sink. And they took a gamble, and it worked, and it paid off, and... It didn't pay off until Stankonia, though. Stankonia was their biggest selling record, right? Or was oh, yeah, it, by far. Was it Speaker Box? Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Speaker Box and, and Love Below had the bigger hits with Heya, but in the end, Stankonia sold more. Like, like the way I see Speaker Box is, is typical of the, of, of the recording industry and the Grammys, where all of a sudden an album blows up and the Grammys slept on it. So whatever artist that was, their next album is going to be so great because yeah, they slept yeah. on the one prior to it that blew up and they're already too late to recognize that one. So they have to recognize the second one because Speaker Box and Love Below won a ton of fucking awards. I think maybe even more than Stankonia did. And I think that's the reason why. And the Grammys do that shit all the fucking time and it irritates yeah. me. And there were really only two or three, three big hits off of that double album, you know? Hey, uh, obviously was the biggest thing, 
but then there was roses and then the way you move. The way you move. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That was it. But even the way you move had nothing on the other two because those were more pop oriented. So those were more radio friendly, which sucks because those, I mean, the way you move is way better than roses. Like way, way fucking better. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good fucking song. But then it's hard to compare the two because they're t- two drastically different style songs. But whatever. No, whatever, man, whatever. I, I don't know. Like as far as southern hip hop goes, I think I think besides like UGK, Outkast is is the quintessential southern hip hop band because the Ghetto Boys, even like Rick Rubin, like hooked up with the Ghetto Boys early on in like the the late eighties or early nineties and and produced some stuff mm-hmm. for them. So like it was that gangster rap sound was getting clout. Yeah, but even so, but but the but that was prior to gangster rap. Like Rick Rubin never touched upon gangster rap. So even no, Def gangster Jam. rap, no gangster rap was like like late eighties. Ice yeah, T was and, late eighties. And Def LL Jam, Cool J was late eighties. Def Jam never really touched on gangster rap. That was more of a Death Row and Bad Boy. That was that was that was the rivalry. It was Death Row and Bad Boy. That was it. But it never really went to Def Jam or anything like that. Obviously, I mean, never really touched the South. Yeah, as far as I know, you know, I, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm not as well versed as you are, and most people are, but that's my, my view on it. I don't it know. Is, could be I mean, it, it is it is true that Def Jam was more so not, not into the gangster rap scene. They were more commercialized in the hip hop realm, and like yeah. obviously, the biggest thing is like the Beastie Boys, their first album, License to Ill. That's yeah. Like yeah, what DMC everybody too. probably thinks of of what hip hop was going to, yeah, and Run DMC. So, but like, dude, there's a lot of like like really good gangster rap that was coming out of out of like the late '80s, and like Ice T is one of them. And yeah, body yeah, but count. Ice-T body was on count. A, but Ice T was more because of the body count stuff, not not because of his solo stuff, but more. No, I count. no no Ice T. His first one I mean, was he, like 1986, no, dude. That first I, album no, I know, came out. I know. I know. He was he was popular prior to the body count stuff, but it wasn't until body count where you really saw you know that next level of popularity and controversy. I'd be I'd be no because I I would be hard. No. Pre- I I think people don't know who the fuck body count is unless like well, you, they only you know really, that was like because body count know- wasn't until like almost the mid nineties. Ice T would have yeah, already had like four albums under his belt before Body Count came out. I know, but what Ice T is best known for musically is the stuff he did with Body Count. No way, dude! His first album is—are you kidding me? That's like his I'm fucking not, best. That's his, like his best album. <laughs> I Ice T like like okay. like Ice T essentially started gangster rap, and Ice T also helped start fucking like what we know as as commercialized crossover thrash and hip hop. He did, but I'm I'm what I'm more referring to is what he is best known for. And no, that is Body Cop Count is, and that is Cop Killer with Body. No, Killer. come on, that's yes, silly boy talk. No way. No, I don't silly boy talk. We yeah, all know this. I that's, don't silly that's boy crazy. talk. That's crazy. It's never been a thing. But anyway, dude, we've we've kind of really gone off. There's a lot of but good stuff out. There's a lot of there's a lot of good hip hop out there, and this is this is. is all pertinent information. This is all vital information for your everyday life. And I w- I was thinking about this week. I mean, I'm digress. I'm like, I'm going further away now, but I was thinking this week in my mind, obviously. In your mind, what do you think? That's good. <laughs> yeah. How different hip hop in Florida and Miami was compared to hip hop 
and everywhere else. Like, like what, when? Well, like when you think about um, Two Life Crew and all these, fuck, what's the artist we got? The record we got? Um, oh, Gigolo Dr. Tony? Gigolo Tony and shit like that. Yeah. That shit all came out of Miami. And that kind of hip hop is so different from the East Coast, West Coast, Southern hip hop. It's just, it's so in its, in, in another like, like level, like I don't, I don't need like a whole nother genre in itself. Like it's crazy how hip hop is so different regionally. I never, I never really understood that until this week after listening to Outkast and reading a little bit more about Southern hip hop, how regional certain styles are. And Miami to me is just the craziest of them all. Because it's, it's way more EDM based. That was that was the drum and bass of like the late eighties. Two Life Crew is, is the best example of that. Yeah, the late eighties gave birth to this. What I think is just nothing but pure fun hip hop, and it's, yeah. it only existed for the sole purpose to piss off, like white people, to piss off Tipper Gore, to piss off politicians. It only existed to piss people off, yeah. and it's so fucking fun. And hip hop, <laughs> it because is. it's so new, because we don't have, you know, like hip hop isn't derived from anything except for literally just sampling other music. And so it's only been around for, for a handful of decades. It is really interesting to see like like uh, people in Minneapolis, right? Like the Rhyme Sayers, like Atmosphere, like Merge, like these people that are that are rapping out of like Minneapolis, Minnesota. Like how the fuck did, did hip hop permeate up upwards to to i don't know upper midwest i guess 40 below temperatures to (laughs) now like minnesota yeah to where people are like rapping and some of the best rappers like i've ever heard are coming from like the rhyme series i just bought an album the other day from somebody i never even heard of but he was from the rhyme series collective and oh yeah i gotta buy it and like slug like one of the greatest rappers of all time how did hip-hop go from like two life crew in the late 80s up into slug to like the mid 90s to late 90s like that type of I don't know that that type of jumping is 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 really really cool because hip hop is so new and it's 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 been progressing so fast. Whereas rock mm. music, if we're tracing it back to like straight blues and then slowly developing over the course of a hundred years, we mm. can see where like blues has 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 progressed, where it's taken us, where rock has taken us, and then we talk about like decades of like the '90s had so many different genres. You brought up like hair metal, for instance, and. Like the '80s had so many different genres that it was flirting with, but like hip hop's still very, very new. It and is, even yeah. even our most hated, and I have a little bit more 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 uh, patience with than you do. But the SoundCloud era and on with yeah, rap, I, just, I don't get it. Even that is still just another transition into something else, and I'm fucking excited to hear what hip hop is going to be like in the next five, ten years. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see the evolution of music. Because I think that is very exciting. I love it, but where it's at right now, I just <laughs> I don't get, man. I just I tried. I tried so hard because I like a lot of different shit, but I do not get this at all. I feel and like I, I mean I can't. I mean I can't be expected to like everything, but man, this is one thing I just fuck that. I I feel like where hip hop has been has always been like like a kid walking into a candy store and there's just so many varieties of just everything's good. But mm-hmm. now I feel like it's more of like an antique collector going to just a junkyard where there's just so much shit and you got to just 
sift through it to find that one piece of gold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think that's where we're at now. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. There there is gold there, but like you gotta you gotta put you gotta put in some work. I've tried. I've tried. But anyway, let's get back to this. Anyway. Record. Back to, back to Outcast, back to ATLians. So it's your, it's your 2B, it's my 2B, or not 2B. And we already played it. I mean, what, what do we have lyrically on this one? Um, I thought this was this was I thought this was cool because this is about Big Boy and and, and three stacks are just kind of being themselves despite knowing it's different, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like getting them put on the back burner from the hip hop community. Big Boy. Big Boy makes fun of the haters who complain about his lyrics being typical, but then he kind of defends himself saying he isn't like everyone else who's buying big houses in cities that aren't, that he's not even from or mm-hmm. spending all their, their record label money as soon as they get it. So like, like Big Boy on the surface, and this, this, this is why Big Boy's so good, so good, so freaking good, is because <laughs> on the surface, he is, he is kind of like a bitches and hoes type of rapper, mm-hmm. but if you really listen to what he's saying and where he's going with it, he makes fun of like the bitches and hoes type of rappers because he's saying that, Hey, I don't have the bitches and hoes type of money. I'm not buying houses in fucking cities. I don't even live in. I don't, I I wasn't grown up in. I'm buying places. I'm spending money like killer. Mike. killer. Mike's another good example. I'm spending money in my hometown. I'm spending money on, on families that have supported me through my mm-hmm. musical career. I'm spending money in my town that, that will benefit most from my money. And above all else, like he, I don't know. He, he doesn't have all this money that everyone else talks about. And, and, and I don't know. I think it's cool. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I do too. I don't know what's going with that, but I like it. You, I think, I think you're absolutely right on this one. I will say though, the lyrics, this is like one of the toughest weeks I've had on the lyrics. I don't know. I just, I could not figure out what they're talking about. And there's just so much, there's so many words. Yeah. I mean that, Yeah. I had a really difficult time on the lyrics this week. I, again, I think it's because I think they are deep. I think these, mm-hmm. their lyrics are, are there's more to it than meets the eye, but just on a one, on a one watch, on a one look through on a one glance, you're good. You don't need to like dig deeper and figure out what the existential meaning is. I think they are deeper than their contemporaries. They're 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 other people in 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 the rap game in the mid nineties, but they're not that deep. I feel like they're just a little bit too ambiguous at times, though, and it was a little frustrating and it kind of irritated me when I was reading through the lyrics because it's. I feel like they were there were some times where I feel like they weren't on the same. Big Boy and, and Andre weren't on the same level. Like, they weren't talking about the same thing. Maybe they were. I don't know. I probably missed something. Who knows? But No, that's 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 what's so great about them. And that's what's so great about, like, so many of the best, of, of like, the, of really good duos are people mm-hmm. that are not the same. People that are very, like, not like-minded. Like, I don't want to hear two M&Ms on the same album. I don't want to hear, like, Dre and Snoop are fine, but mm. like they're the same fucking person, essentially, just different delivery styles. True. True. It's just I don't want to hear two of the same people. I want to hear two people that are friends that are from the same area, but have different perspectives on life. I want just two completely different things, and that's what Dre and Big Boy are. And like for like what you were saying on AT Aliens, 
like Andre comes in on his verse and he's being like outright sexual right from the start. And that's a big boy thing. Yeah. That is a textbook big boy trait. He's talking about how great his lyricism is and how unique he is. And like, it almost becomes very stereotypical and run of the mill stuff. But then he changes gears like instantly gets a little bit deeper about how he's going to raise his kid and how his kid's going to turn out. But that's correlating along the lines of how big boy is already raising his kid. So Andre's already taking stuff from real life, how he sees his 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 peer, Big Boy. They're mm-hmm. like the same age. And he's, he sees how Big Boy is now raising his kid, how Big Boy has taken a, a firm stance on parenting first, outcast second. And now Andre is kind of like, I don't know, digging deep inside of himself and saying, what if I had a kid? Would I be the same? Would I do the same thing that he is doing? This person I look up to, but he's also my friend. And he gets serious. He's talking about how serious he takes his lyrical messages received. And during this time, Dre also abstained from drugs, alcohol, sex. He just cut it all out. Like That's what I, was like, gonna, I, I wanted to in, mention that as well. That's in a very weird, like change. Buddhist fucking thing where he's just cutting out all kind of attachments in life and just like, what can I do? How will this make me better? Mm-hmm. And he did it for like a long fucking time, for like decades. Especially yeah, like the, the the veganism and the vegetarianism and the alcohol is like my God and the drugs. Yeah, especially you know, in this this kind of career, you know, to to kind of abstain from all of that that is pretty wild. It's very unheard of. But then also be okay because at at, at some point when they got really big, they had two different tour buses when they were when they were touring. It was it was yeah. Big Boys and Outcast or Andres because Big Boy smokes mm-hmm. and he doesn't, and they still had a a they could still get along. Yeah, which like, is great. Like Big I mean, Boy that's, probably that's cut back on it, and then Andre probably accepted more of it. So there was a mm-hmm. middle ground that they both respected each other enough where they could get along, being opposites. Yeah, and that's. Like that's what makes Howcast so unique is these guys are not the same person. They're fucking totally different. <laughs> but that's all. Yeah, that's what makes them great. Honestly, it's it's like the Tom and Mark thing. You get these two very different guys, you know, vocally sounding and the way they write their lyrics are very different. But when you throw them together, they they just make this this great pair. That's kind of how I view this as well. Because yeah. you would never expect Andre and Big Boy to be s- friends. Like they don't, they don't look like they'd be friends. They don't act like they'd be friends. They don't write, you know, write music the same way it seems. But for whatever reason, when they get together on collaboratively with these records before Speaker Box and Love Below, it works so well. Yeah, mm. that was that. Those were our two B, our uh, our two Bs. Mm-hmm. So what do you got for your one B? We have. We haven't got to your 1B. Do you want to do my 1B or do you want to do your 1B? Let's do your 1B. We can do my 1B. You want to do your 1B. This, okay. this is your pod. This is your pod, right. honestly. My 1B is Over oh, no. the Woods. Really? Featuring okay. Witch Doctor. It's my favorite. Okay. Hands that's down. My, that's my 5B. But. Easy peasy. This is, this is one of those songs that I kind of alluded to earlier. This is a 90s sounding song with like longevity to it. Mm-hmm. Everything about this song is 90s sounding. The soundscapes are are a little bit more nuanced, and it kind of adds to like the spacey vibe. But overall, this song is a 90s song. This is a 90s fucking hip hop song, and it totally sounds like it. But unlike when you go back and listen to, which I think is a fantastic record, for the record, Illmatic by Nas, 
There's a lot of things in that record. What did you fucking say to me? I said, I said, now I really want to listen to that record. What the fuck did you just say to oh, me? Oh, you know what I just fucking said to you? Yeah, that, like even though I think that is a fantastic record, there is some things on there that are dated. And Over the Woods is like purposely, purposefully, purposely, purposefully dated. And and I like the way it is aged. Listening to this in 2021, I think it's aged perfectly. I love the chorus. I think it's the most aggressive on the album. I love how Dre and Big Boy are usually very calm and collected, but now they're throwing out they're they're allowing like chorus to be in in this that is that is like aggressive and kind of uh I don't know kind of kind of confrontational in a sense. Mm-hmm. It sounds confrontational. Agreed. This this song is more gangster rap than than a lot of the stuff that they do. There's a couple like gangster rap songs on this record, but and this is definitely one of them. Uh, the the hook itself isn't super poppy or super catchy, but there's enough there to to keep you interested in it. But it's very it's pretty hard hitting. It's a pretty hard hitting song, and I really like it. This is that this is my five B. So I I think this is a really good song. I really did enjoy this one. And this is one that I think that it ends with just it's straight like dub sounding with a DJ behind it, and this is how it transitions out into Babylon. Yeah. I, I think this so is good. this is a really solid song, and they, like I said, they have a couple harder hip hop songs, and I think they do it really well. I really think they do that genre well. And the the thing I have the I don't want to say issue I have with this record is that like they, you could tell they want to go the pop route, but they haven't quite found their stride in that, and you don't start to hear that until. Aquemini, however, however the fuck you pronounce that. that <laughs> every dude, time have, you say it, you have dude, no idea how time, you're saying yeah, it. It makes me so mad. <laughs> it makes me so mad. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But I don't know. They, this this record is so weird to me because they they're truly on this weird transition, and they really don't know where the fuck they're going. They're all over the place on this record, and, and this, no, is they a, are. this is a great yeah. example of of that. This being like pretty much a straight up gangster rap song so this this album like if you take this album as a like a a a a, a precursor to aquemini or oh, as yeah. like a as almost like a b-side but came out before aquemini then <laughs> it gives a little bit more credence because this is a more gritty aquemini and it's it keeps uh, saying that word yeah if i if i slow down when i say it maybe you'll stop aquemini You'll just stop thinking about it and just do it. Um, I don't know. It's cool. It's cool. It's good stuff. Okay. Should I play a little bit of it and then we can get into the lyrics or what? Whatever you want to do. I'll talk about everything all fucking night. We're all going all night. Here's a a Over the Woods from Outkast. There you go. Over the over the fuck. Over the woods. Dude, I'm not good with these 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 misspellings of of words. Yeah, because I don't want to sound like I'm an asshole, and you know, you know how it is. I mean, it's it's we didn't grow up in this in this type of the of area, and like their spelling of over the woods is, I don't know, I I, I assume indicative of how they grew up. Yeah, true. which adds yeah. to like the the I don't know the overall aesthetic to the album. You're right. You're right. So I shouldn't feel too bad about mispronouncing all of this stuff. No, I mean, I, all that. I mean, we're already probably doing more than most 
people would ever even consider doing with Outcast. So, <laughs> okay, so so with this song, I can't believe this is your one B. Oh, dude, that's crazy! It's so good, I can't believe it's your one B. But but it is really good. I I think I think this is a really good one. Lyrically, though, much like most of the songs on this record, I had a hard time with it. But I feel like this is them talking about how hard they work for what they how hard they work for what they have. And they're just the, the best in the game. And there's nobody better than them. So it's kind of like um you know, we're better than everybody else, but you know, we, we really work for it and we, we're doing our best. That's kinda what I get with this. Okay. Okay. I could I'm 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 probably totally wrong because even reading like some explanations of what these songs are about after reading the explanation, I still cannot make that <laughs> correlation with what I'm reading. So this is I, honestly, this is a really hard week for me. I, I don't think this they ever difficult. on this album ever profess outright to be like the greatest. I think they do think that they are better than a lot of people out there. But I think that's that's almost in like a, a, a defense mechanism because they're already dis- disrespected and nobody took them seriously. Mm. I think that was a more immature way to say, like, listen to me. And as a, as a child, as a, as a growing adult, if you want someone to listen to you, you tend to say how bad other people are rather than how good you are. And so I don't think they ever outright say that they are the best ever, but they definitely do say that they're better than other rappers but i think this one is just it's just i don't know it's just about what they want in life in particular dre talks about how he just wants to be happy ultimately simple things like a nice house a loving family and a dog and then big boy he's just trying to get yeah, some yeah. get some of that type of playa vibe the whole time that's all he's talking about they just want to be happy and i think that's a very it's a very like childish thing to do is like yeah i want to be a big time rapper just so i can i don't know so i can be happy but i think that kind of goes along with what i was saying too i mean yeah they just want to be happy but they have to work hard to reach that oh yeah level of of happiness they they definitely talk a lot about on this record how how hard they do work and how much money they don't have because their label took it and I didn't read a lot about, yeah. I, I tried to find out why they talked about that so much, but I didn't find a lot of information on yeah, why they felt they were, they were shysted by their label because they were like friends yeah, with their label. And Outcast to me, you know, I, I, I tried to read as much as I could, but there was not a lot written about them. Not in their early days. No. Yeah. Especially the, yeah, especially the early days, but even, even the more popular stuff on Stankonia and, and after there's not a ton written about them. It's more like they're really great. And you know, these are the records that are great and that's pretty much it there. I'm sure obviously there was a lot of like, you know, roadblocks and, and, and things like that along in their career, obviously, but you don't hear a lot about it. There's not like, I've, I never really read any crazy stories about them, you know, on tour or, in their personal lives or recording a record they're they're kind of like a very vanilla hip hop group oh very vanilla oh oh well but well, right? well no because i could be you completely can, wrong I, if you i i think you're looking at it the wrong way i think you're right but you're you're looking at it a, a, a different way i think outcast still to this day and we both agree that they just don't get the recognition they deserve 
I think true, because true. Tupac and Biggie, because East Coast for West Coast has been such a hot point of contention. I need some intervention. I've crushed my fingers. I think because oh, East Coast oh, and West Coast has been such a hot point of contention for so long that you can Google fucking Pac, Biggie, and you'll 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 land on forty five different books written about them, a hundred docs, whatever you need. Because now it's been this like snowball effect where it's spiraling out of control to where anybody that wants to write anything about hip hop is inevitably gonna write about something from East Coast or West Coast. Where Southern rap still to this day still doesn't get recognition. Even like Lil Wayne, who I love Lil Wayne. Love Lil Wayne. Okay. I think right. he's one of the I think he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. I think Lil Wayne is top ten. But I think Outcast is still stuck in this 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 purgatory if they're not getting the respect they deserve. And that's because no one's writing articles about them. If you if you Googled articles about Outcast and every article you read was about how vanilla and how boring they were, then yeah, we we'd have some arguments here. We we would we'd be on the same page at least of this band being boring. But the problem mm-hmm. is there are no articles written about them. There are no articles written about how boring they are or how exciting they were. There's just nothing. And yeah. that's because nobody wants to cover Southern hip hop. It's always East Coast and West Coast. It's crazy. It fucking irritates me because my it, God, Outcast is so much better than like the majority of shit that came out from the East Coast and West Coast. Yeah, but it, yeah, to an extent, yeah. Straight up. But it never reaches the, to me, it never reaches the level of the best of the best. Outcast like is better than I mean this could be my complete bias being from you know a little little wannabe gangster boy from from the West Coast but Outcast <laughs> is better than anything including Jay Z's best no. anything that the East Coast has ever done minus yeah. Thirty Six Chambers which I think Thirty Six Chambers is the greatest hip hop record of all time but really outside so. of that wow. yeah it's easy that's that's been proven. Um, Besides that, I think Outkast is better than anything that has ever come out of the East Coast. West Coast, I think it's better than everything except for maybe three or four records. I would say single-wise, like Outkast have some better singles, but as a as an overall hip hop record, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that. I feel like The Chronic is a better record yes. than anything Outkast has done. I agree. I would say. NWA, their their oh yeah, yes, yeah, their album, but, better than anything, yes. But, but <laughs> that's you just it. said that, but you just said that Outcast is better than anything that was put out from either coast. No, that's not what I said. You know why you never listen to me? I don't no, I was listening. That's, that's you, you're you not said, listening no. to me when you when that's you go you back said. and edit this pod. I say this a lot. When you go back and edit this pod, but you realize, you oh shit, said, that's though. that is not what he said. That so is what I'll, you just I'll wait. I'm actually going to write a note on this one. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I don't write notes very often, but I'm for sure going to write a note on this one because I want to hear your apology. Apology for East Coast. What did you say, though? Comment. What I said was Outcast is better than everything that has come out of the East Coast rap, including Jay Z's best, which Jay Z is, is, is also. No, a, you said East in, Coast and West Coast. I'm not, even, I, I'm not even done yet. I'm not even done yet. Okay. I think Jay Z is top 10 rappers of all time. I think Outcast is better than, as a whole, the best Outcast record, which is Atelians, is better than whatever you think is the best Jay Z record. Even though I think Jay Z is a better lyricist than, or than Dre and, Bebo, and Big Boy, but they're better than everything the East Coast has done, minus Thirty Six Chambers. 
which I said was I think is the greatest okay. hip hop album of all time. No, now I remember go, you saying that. Now go to the West Coast. I think Outkast is better than anything the West Coast has done, minus like three or four records. Okay, I could be wrong, but I think you worded it differently to make it to make it sound like that uh, that, that AT Aliens and Outkast were better than anything from either coast. No, that's no, that's silly. From talk. this era, I would never, I would never say that. Well, I think you did. I did not say that. I'll wait for your apology. Just saying. Right. So, uh, oh shit, we haven't got, we haven't even got into my one B yet. What is your one B? Mainstream. Wow. Yeah. This. This is uh, this is another kind of gangster rap thing. I really like this. I mean, Go- Goody Mob. Who are they? I'm not really sure who they are. But it's uh, I guess somebody t- these two guys, Timo and Cujo. Cujo. But the aggression on this. I, I just love how aggressive it is and it kind of it really kind of takes you out of the the conscious hip hip hop of the record which is is fine and all on this record but I do like the the mix of it all because like I said like we were talking about there's like three or four songs on this that are more gangster rap and this is one of them and I thought this one was fucking fantastic really really good and then not only that but you had the um, you had some cool like soundscapes and and things going on like that like there was that there's this sound on here mm. there's like an alien beam kind of synth sound that you hear like in, like a, yeah it's like it's like you're hearing these old like b movies but it kind of just it's there in the background and it just kind of floats around while they're just kind of rapping over it i think it's fantastic yeah. so i have so many things to say first of all my my 1b was also your 5b but your 1b is my 5b oh, okay that, Oh, oh that's, that's kind of cute, right? That was cute. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, mainstream featuring Timo and Cujo, 5B. You mentioned Goody Mob. Goody Mob, that's CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green's from Goody Mob. Oh, is he? Right? Okay. okay. Like, you're yeah, And then we all, we all the know. Fuck You song. Yeah, CeeLo Green from Goody Mob. Narls Barkley, and, yeah. Yeah. Nar- <laughs> I really hate the name Narls Barkley, but I also really <laughs> like the name Narls Barkley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It sounds so gross, but <laughs> it, it is. It does sound terrible. But mainstream, what I, like I like the same thing that you like that drone sound in the back. It's like something mm-hmm. I wrote from the Twilight Zone, and yes, it's cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's cool that they use that like deliberate sound on everyone's verse except for Dre and Big Boy, mm-hmm. and it comes and goes a little bit on the Outcast verse, but it's during the entirety of Timo and Cujo. And I think that's cool because it's like a, a subtle nod to the fact that it's okay to be different because to the outcast style, Timo and Cujo are the aliens. Therefore, they use that alien sound mm-hmm. and they barely use it for Dre and Big Boy. So I think it's, I don't know, I, th- I thought it was a cool production technique to to make outcast seem normal, but then invite other people to rap and make them seem like the weirdos. Agreed. I a little childish, but them. still really, really fucking cool. I loved it. I agree, and and it sound. I mean, just this song is so good. And yeah, yeah you. Really, I I think you can hear both coasts of rapping in this. I think you can hear both styles. This oh, is a absolutely. very inspired track by East Coast and West Coast. Well, because like with, with Outkast and on this record, I mean, I guess all their records, they have a more like laid back style of of beats and more laid back style of delivery of their their lyrics but when you when you throw in a more like aggressive sound it really it 
it really shows that and it's a really great mixture of styles like it, it goes so so well together that aggression and that laid back feeling to it and it's 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 awesome i honestly i think this song is absolutely killer it's it's fantastic and 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 goody mob had released an album right after southern playa so yeah so like southern playa came out and then goody mob their first album came out and then they started like like networking a lot with mm-hmm. outcast and so they were both kind of like hand in hand and making that iconic uh the southern sound but goody mob was more of like a quartet and and kind of stumbling upon themselves i listened to their first album before because it's it's like it's CeeLo green it's you know yeah. you gotta listen to CeeLo green's first album and i've listened to it before and big boy and andre guest star on goody mob's first album but it's just there's too many there's too many uh what do you call it too many chefs in the kitchen type of thing yeah makes sense. and there's there's not like an iconic individual sound whereas on outcast featuring and then CeeLo green has done a lot of stuff with with outcast too on various songs and, I noticed and, that. And coming onto Outcast stuff, there's less cooks in the kitchen type of thing. So you get to hear the best of Goody Mob because well, I think Cujo is is my favorite member of, of Goody Mob. When Cujo has some some verses by himself on this album, I think it's mm-hmm. so goddamn good, so good. Yeah, no, there really is. How 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 far before this record was that first Goody Mob? It was it was either right at the same time as Southern Playa or like right after. I can't remember okay. exactly when it was, but it was like at the same so within time. Within like three years. Yeah, because they're both from Atlanta. Like they're they're both from Atlanta, yeah. Outcast and Goody Mob. And and I, I don't know if they grew up together or whatever, but they're also part of like the Dungeon family. And the Dungeon family is obviously very big in the Outcast world. So mm-hmm. they're all they all hung out together, at least in some aspect of, of the Atlanta area in the early nineties. Okay. Got it, got it. That was organized right. noise, outcast, goody mob, whatever fuck else are there. I don't know. Honestly, all these all these rap groups and crews, they're all like they're all the same thing, you know? I mean they all they all came they from I know so it was horrible the way you said it, but I understand what you're saying. Well they, they just collaborated so much. I mean that, yeah. that was like with any crew though, like on the West Coast, East Coast, it doesn't matter where you are, like if you're if you're regional, every crew kind of got together and they all collaborated. And that that's even to this day. You know, you either collabed or you clashed. Like that was yeah, it. yeah. But and that's because that, how yeah. how new hip hop still is, right? Like true, yeah. It's just so fucking new that there's not that many players in the game. There's not that many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Am I saying this right? Chefs in the kitchen or cooks in the kitchen? That's the same thing. I feel like you would you you uh, would cooks, want less. Cooks, Cooks would be better than chefs. I feel what like am I trying chef. to say? I don't know what I'm fucking trying no, to say. Too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, yeah, because there's too many people working on one thing, and that could really damage the integrity of a song or just everything about the song. Look at John yeah. Feldman. I mean, we talk about John Feldman every week. Oy. We're talking about him right now. Oy. Too many goddamn cooks in the kitchen. So I'm going to play a little bit of Mainstream right here. We'll touch upon the lyrics and then get into our 2 bs So here is a Mainstream from Outcast. There you go, mainstream from Outcast. From the Outcast. From the Outcast. The best song on the record right here. So okay. what do you got lyrically on this one? Um Don't burp, please. I know. We shouldn't be burping the pod. I know. We get gonna lose so many stars. 
We get bad reviews. Uh, it seems like they're playing on the idea of people that don't think before they do. Either just going like through the motions of life or just putting out mediocre stuff for short-term game. Like when three stacks. I love that. I love that like, like Trey has such cool fucking nicknames. Oh, so awesome. You <laughs> call him Dre. So you call him Andre 3000. You call him three stacks. Love it. We, like, like when he talks about how rappers do like the catch of the day rather than the blackened, talking about like cooking, too many cooks in the kitchen. And he says like the catch of the day is, is a very short term gain where like blackened is something that takes a little bit more effort, a little bit more time. But overall, it's going to be better for you, for the community, for hip hop in general. Okay. I that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was kind of, I mean... I feel like our our interpretations of these songs are just so wildly different. Wait, what, you, feel, what you got? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, kind of what I was reading online about this song a little bit and reading the lyrics, I don't really agree with. So I don't know what I don't know what to believe on this song. Like from what I was reading, what other people are saying, it's about you know them trying to to kind of live where they're from. Like even though how even even though it's really bad, they're still trying to get through it all. And they're they're trying to be positive about life and trying to make like a a proper living, but then they're being like brought into, you know, the more sinister side of society with like drug dealing and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's kind of that, that push and pull of like, should we, we can make a lot of money doing, you know, illegal things, or we could try to, we could work extra hard and do something, you know, the right way. So it's kind of that, that's it. That's short-term versus long-term gain. Yeah, yeah. Drug dealing inevitably will be a short-term gain because that's not real hard money. That's not how the Rockefellers fucking made their money. You need, yeah. you need a good you need good longevity in your money making. True. Yeah. I I just I don't understand why this week was so difficult with the lyrics for me. This is the hardest week by far. The hardest week for me lyrically. <laughs> I just that's good. I, I I can't I can't figure it out. There's, I there was, I mean, is. to be fair, like there was a lot of words. Like they just, they so just many, mouth they just a lot talk. of fucking words. They, just they talk, talk so a much. lot. I know so much, and it's just so much of it is nonsense. I don't want to say nonsense, but so just it's repetitive. Too much. Yeah, it's too much. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. That's fair. almost it to the point happen. where it, it kind of, for me, it kind of dilutes the dilutes message. the um, the message. Yeah, that they're trying to convey. Ah uh, man, so I don't know what the fuck to believe most of the time. Okay. Every time I read something like, "Oh, this is what the song is about," and I read through the lyrics like three times, three four times, and I'm like, "Okay, I don't see." Like, really where did you that. get that? What, yeah. What the, when the fuck did he say that? I mean, I'm I'm a very new lyric man, but I mean, sometimes it's too much. It's way too much. <laughs> oh God. So what do you got okay. for your two B? That uh, I thought I did my two B already. Was AT Aliens? Yeah, AT Aliens. Oh yeah. Oh, that, okay, that's right. That was my two B as well. Yeah. Yeah. So then we we did our three Bs, right? My my three B was Babylon. That's right. So my three B. Stinker. That was a very close stinker because of that fucking chorus. Uh, so my three B is Decatur Psalm. Oh, am I wow. am I saying that correctly? Yeah, De- Decatur Decatur, Decatur Psalm. Psalm. Yeah, yeah. So this is a bit, a little bit of a slower jam. I really like the the subtle kind of weird samples that are used that 
it's mixed with the funk guitar funk guitar playing uh but overall it's more like a gangster rap kind of thing with some gospel stuff at the end like it's kind of all over the place like this is i feel like this is like a really good combination of everything they were kind of do, kind of doing on this record in one song but also this song doesn't feature andre 3000 so <laughs> that's a big one so is that, the, is that a go. good thing a bad thing or just interesting i mean i thought it was going to be a, a bad thing but it really doesn't take away from the song at all. There's somebody I mean, named Cool Breeze on it who kind of does the verses with Big Boy, and I'm not I'm not mad about it at all. Especially really because you know you know that Andre can't carry an album the way Big Boy can. Oh, absolutely. At all. And absolutely. so when you when you don't have a track with Andre, it's not it's not too bad. But this was still like in their formative years when they worked really 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 well together. But mm-hmm. there's other people on here, like that big Jip or big Gip guy. Yeah, yeah. His verse is my favorite. I, I just love how he sounds. It reminds me of like Method Man or something. Very a little mm-hmm. raspy, a little little a little rough around the edges. I love it. Mm-hmm. There is some cool like wah funk guitar parts in here. I think they sound fantastic. Overall, but it's this more the, subtle than anything. It's not it's not up front in the mix everything just kind of lays back and just kind of does their thing in the background while they all kind of wrap over, which is great. That's, that's how it should be. This, this wasn't a B for me. This was a bottom, this was a bottom song on the album. Really? Okay. But, uh, but you do, I, that, that, that big Gips part, I just, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And the, and the, the funk guitar, I thought that was fantastic too. So I, I realized with this record, the one thing that I really kind of didn't like were the the choruses and the hooks. I felt that was the easily, very easily, the worst part of this record, because they're not good. at this point in their career. They were not good at that at all. They were just bad. Me and, and so you? that's kind of yeah. I really <laughs> don't like it. Well, they've been I talking about like that it. hook yet. I know. I know. I I really don't like it. Oh, it's so iconic, though. It is icon. No, it is very iconic, but it's not good. <laughs> it's really not good. Even the 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 K or the you know the A or A you know, that is so stupid. It's not even good, but it is iconic in the whole hip hop scene and genre and genre. But I think the the reason why my my biggest bangers are the biggest bangers is because they don't have those those hooks. Because at this point they were not good at the hooks at all. Yeah, really you're right. They, good. like you said earlier, they're they're guys who were trying to write, maybe even subconsciously, just trying to write pop centric hooks, but mm-hmm. just didn't didn't quite refine the craft yet. And they really wouldn't until until Stankonia. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like some that of was those, a big jump though too. Some of the dude, like I don't know the me and you part. Of of elevators, yeah, you. it's pretty good. It's pretty fucking <laughs> it's cool. It's so bad, dude. Oh my god, it's so bad. Just like the fact, like just the fact of oh. the fact that they're ra- they're singing their own hooks, right? I know, which is it's cool, it's respectable, but like it doesn't it's, make it, it good. It's like a dime a dozen where we hear like a decent hook from a hip hopper from the East Coast or West Coast, and they have a female artist come in and sing the hook. At least they're doing their own hooks. True. No, half I, the time. I, I half the time. I think that's cool. It is cool, but if you know you can't do the hook, don't do the hook. But they you know, can just, do it, and it's so catchy. The hook is supposed <laughs> to be catchy, and it's supposed to hook you. you. Oh, me and you. 
your mama and your cousin too. <laughs> I guess yeah. <laughs> It does. It does hook you, but it, oh, it hooks so you. Good. I feel like it hooks you for the wrong reasons. Dude, it's it hooks you with like it, it. It hooks you with like a like a decomposed worm instead of like a slice <laughs> of pizza. It's just like it's a shitty. I I agree. It's it's a shitty way to hook you, but it does hook you. No oh, god, and that Coming that song is like not a banger like for me. Yeah, me. yeah, that that's elevator. What is, what, not what a, is not elevators? That's that's my nine B. That's not a B for me. Oh wow. Yeah, oh, it's not wow. a B. It's not definitely not a stinker, but yeah, not a B, and that that hook is oh, terrible. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Um, I'm not talking about it, but no, oh, we could talk about it. That's fine, but it's true. Well, we literally just talked about like the best part of this, not the best part of the song, but the most iconic part the of the song. The worst part of the song, yeah. The worst. Part. <laughs> uh, but D- Decatur song, uh, I honestly I have no idea what the lyrics are about. This know. is a. I will say that there are two songs on the album that I thought were kind of okay, and so then mm-hmm. I didn't even bother because there's a lot of words, and this is one of them. <laughs> I read that people were saying this is like a, like a, a psalm for their like their hometown or like a city like near their hometown. I I don't really know, but even then, dude, I don't know what they're talking about. I really don't. I I really wanted to to try and understand and know what they were saying, but. Maybe it's a cultural thing. I don't know. I felt really I mean, stupid, honestly. It's for sure like a cultural thing. I mean, we're the United States is so fucking big. Yeah. The distance from from Los Angeles to Georgia. I mean, my God, I, I dude, it's so. Hours, there's like there's like twenty five states in between us. <laughs> and California is massive. Like California is such a huge state where we're from. And just dissecting yeah. California itself, just in the music world, from San Diego up until Mount Shasta, I, I can't. What's what's the what's the most northern city you know of in California? Most northern what city you know of in California? Wouldn't it be like Albany? the Shasta area is all that I know? Oh, we're just talking Cali- about California. Yeah, oh, just California. California. Yeah, I would say Shasta. Yeah. Yeah, so like the the distance from Shasta to San Diego, that's like ten hours. No, that's like that's more than ten hours. That's like no, because it took us it took us eighteen hours to get to Portland. Well, it took us eight hours to get to Frisco. Frisco, yeah. Oh, that's true because we had to go down to San Diego to get two hours, eight, nine, ten. That's like twelve hours. Yeah, twelve. A solid, a solid. So we we come from a state where to drive up and down is like twelve hours, border to border. Yeah, and then like east to west, it's still going to take you, you know, four hours. Mm-hmm. So we come yeah. from a very big state where there's a lot of a lot of different. Uh, there's a lot of variety to our state. Now we're talking like like twenty five states over to Georgia. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that are lost in translation. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of cultural. I dude, somebody told me they moved to Arkansas like a couple yeah. of years ago. I didn't know the. Fuck Arkansas was. I had to look it up on a map. I have no idea where Arkansas was. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these states, like, I don't give a shit. Like, who, Arkansas, where the fuck is, what is in Arkansas? My family's from Arkansas. If there's no, if there's no professional sports team in the top three for me, then I'd have no idea where you are. <laughs> Straight up. Okay. I don't know. It's a good way to gauge it. But yeah. So there, so there's absolutely, yes, there are some cultural differences between Atlanta, Georgia, in Southern California, for sure, and that's that's I mean, that's nothing to be like, like uh, embarrassed or ashamed or whatever. It's just a, a difference of of 
geographical upbringings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I don't know. My God, dude. Like Southern California is, is, is where it's at. We, we, had it, we had it made. We had everything. A little bit of everything. For a long time, but yeah, it's getting pretty bad over here. I mean, you haven't lived here for a few years, but yeah, it's yeah, pretty, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's like here. anymore. Pretty, pretty bad. Pretty, yeah, pretty bad. All right. So, should I play a little bit of Decatur Psalm, or should we just move on? What, what do you, just, what do you I want? Feel to like, do? I feel like we're winding down a little bit. A little bit. A little I feel bit. Like I mean, we're winding we're, down. We're like an hour twenty into the pod. It's, so. it's a decent amount of time. We've talked a lot about Outcast. Talk- we haven't talked a lot about the album itself, but I think that's that's good because Outcast is more of a of a. It's better talked about as a concept rather than an ind- individual album, because mm-hmm. again, I don't think Outcast gets the recognition they deserve outside of me and you. I, that's what last time I was saying when I said that. <laughs> outside of like Stankoni and Speaker Box and Love Below, but um, I don't know. And it all spurred. We even talked about the Source Awards. It all spurred from like the Source yeah, Awards, yeah, really. No, let's get into that. Yeah. When, when at like the height of the East Coast versus West Coast, when when Suge Knight and and or Snoop Dogg really was was like, y'all got love for for the West Coast. You, you don't have love for Snoop Dogg. And then Suge mm-hmm. says, if you if you want to come and and be a part of a family where your your producers not all up in your videos and trying to be part of your your game and like that was a. That was a hard diss too. That was almost as hard as like hit him up by Tupac. That was yeah. That was a direct shot, but that was face to face, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't behind a recording studio and, and, and a track. That was like face to face, and he's straight. And like Suge Knight's, a, he's a scary dude. He was a <laughs> yeah. scary fucking dude. And and in <laughs> documentaries and and reenactments, everything I read about this guy, he was a he was more gangster than anybody from 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 Death Row. Yeah, he's that's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, he was. He just did not give a fuck because he had he had. Suge Knight has no fear. Like he will say whatever he wants, and nobody will mess with it. Because he's fucking massive, yeah. and then at that point, he had enough money to where he could just pay for. And then he's still like trying to kill people. Just a couple of years ago, he's yeah. in prison now forever because he like Running ran over, over some guy. guy. Yeah. Just he's like, oh fucking fuck that guy, insane. ran him over. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Uh, so yeah, so at the Source Awards, this whole East Coast versus West Coast feud comes on. Outcast gets recognition for Southern Playa, which credit to the Source for Awards best for best new even, artist. Yeah, for even giving like an art for even giving an award out to completely unknown teens, right? Yeah, way better yeah. than the Grammys have ever done. So they give an award out to to a couple of nobodies from from Atlanta, Georgia. And they come on, and everybody boos them. They fucking boo them. They don't know who they are, and they boo them. But also, he, that first album, Southern, that that sold a lot of records for an unknown artist who was not on the East or West Coast. That sold a lot. So, it's 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 understandable why they would give them recognition. I thought of it this way. I thought of it like a new a new hip hop album comes out. I hate the East Coast, so I'll give this a chance. Or mm-hmm. I hate the West Coast, so I'll give this a chance. I wonder how many people actually bought the album because they were really interested, or how many people bought the album because it wasn't the opposite coast. That's a good call. That that is. But then you know, like I was telling you, I I was listening to Snoop Dogg on the the Joe Rogan podcast that he did like a month ago, and Snoop Dogg said that almost all of that that beef was all because of the media. A lot of that was not because of the guys on the east and west coast like none of them really wanted that they were 
a lot of the during that time a lot of the times they were they were collaborating with one another they were hanging out with each other the the beef that that we know now was not what it was portrayed as so i think you kind of have to i mean like this is what he's saying now in 2021 but maybe take that into consideration too i mean we all know the media fabricates things like really bad yeah and this could have been a good instance of that and then obviously suge knight really took off with it because he obviously loves the money he loves the publicity so maybe it really wasn't as big as we all thought it was i honestly it's 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 100 percent like 50 50 because yeah. you can you can make a solid argument either way west coast coming from hollywood right yeah like the movies and the only bigger place to like produce movies in Hollywood is New York. And then they're feuding together. That like, come on. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a little crazy, but then like people are dying and there's, it's not just Pac. Like we're talking about like the Rampart scandal for all of like LAPD that mm-hmm. had ties to like the bloods and the crypts who had ties to Suge Knight, who had ties to death row records, who had ties to Dre and Snoop. So like, I don't know. I really yeah. don't know. It's a, it's it's a. But then what puzzling. was going on? What was going on on the East Coast, like in New York? I mean, I I don't know. Like you, you I'm not. Yeah, probably I know I, more I, than me. But what was going on over there? Was it was it like because at the time wasn't like Rudy Giuliani? He was the main guy, and he was doing a lot of stuff to clean up the city. Some might say, maybe there was a lot of that. I I don't know. I I really don't know. It's it's an interesting take. And, and I don't know, I, I, I really don't know. And I'm, I'm, I've always been, been a firm believer that this beef was real because I think artists, musical artists, I think they're stupid in general. I think they're, <laughs> they're good at making music, but I cannot stand when they start talking politics because that's not your forte. True. And, true. and if I wanted to hear your fucking stance on politics, I'd read your blog. If you don't have a blog, then shut the fuck up and play music. <laughs> So I've always been I've always been a firm believer of of, of musicians just shutting their mouths and and playing music, mm-hmm. especially yeah. when I go to your shows and pay good money to watch you play music. I don't don't open your mouth unless it's a sing. Yeah. So given that, I don't think artists are very are very are the smartest uh, bunch. Nor do I think politicians are the smartest bunch either. But they're smart. That's God is. They're smart in a different way. Yeah, they're smart in the, in the way they're taking advantage of of people and. Things like that. I don't know, Tyler. What are we talking yeah, about dude, here? We, we, Outcast been source so awards. Andre three thousand so comes topic. up on the source awards after getting booed, and and everyone no 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 one knows who he is, and he says, you know what, man, fuck this. Like I know y'all booing me, but we got something to say. That's all I got to yeah. say. And then leaves, drops the mic, and then leaves, and everybody leaves. All his entire entourage leaves, and that was it. And everyone's like, who the fuck? Who are these guys? Let's listen to them. And they listen to them, and they realize, damn, they they are really really good. And it spurred a generation. T.I., Lil Wayne, who I still think, if you just get outside, if you get by his kind of annoying vocals, mm. phenomenal rapper. Phenomenal okay. rapper. I mean, just pick, <laughs> just, just, just pick up any of the Carters. There's like five or six of them. First, the, the first three Carters. Name. I'm telling you, man. I'm just telling you. It's just, it's, um, there's, it's really, really good stuff. I'm, I'm always open to new stuff. You know that. I will always, oh. I will always listen to something new. Well, may not like it, but well, all right. So, all right. and that's that's it for me. I that's like literally all I got for Outcast. I am good. Give my final thoughts. 
I'm good giving my ratings and I'm good uh, getting out of here for the night. All right, man. You you really are ready to go. <laughs> Shit. I, uh, I was going to no, say, what I, are your final thoughts? But and yeah, then no. going to round it out with our three point famous three point rating system where three is a perfect album. Two is a good album. You're going to continue to listen to one is a bad album, but give it a shot. And zero is just the worst thing ever. So, so no final thoughts, I guess. No, I, well, I always would give final thoughts. Okay, give final thoughts and give your rating. Come on. I'm, that's what I said I'm going to do. I said I'm good no, with you just giving those. You, oh, I th- oh, I thought you... Okay. You never okay. listen. That's the problem. Do you don't listen. But I do listen, but the way, no, the way you no, no, say no. certain you things... Hear, the, you hear, you hear, you, you hear, but you don't listen. You hear, no, the, see... You hear, See? but you don't Dude, it's listen. So annoying! It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> but the way the way you say certain things makes it. I don't know the way you move. See, um, <laughs> so what, <laughs> what are your final thoughts, and then your rating? Go. Outcast did exactly what they wanted us to do tonight. They wanted us to just talk about something else besides East Coast and West Coast. Even though we talked a lot about both of those things, we also brought into the equation like a different perspective and something mm-hmm. else. And again, like like Southern hip hop had already been around for for many years prior to Outcast. It's not Outcast didn't in, invent the wheel, but they for sure like reinvented the wheel as far as Southern hip hop goes and. And honestly, yeah, like we don't know how long our hip hop gangster rap would have lasted because music is cyclical and they, it goes in turns or whatever and it, it moves forward. But had it not been for Tupac dying and had it not been for Outkast around the same time and AT Aliens came out the same year and everything, I, I, I don't know what would have happened. And mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to say that because that is what happened. But I I don't know I don't I don't know I don't know what would have happened, and so um, I don't know I I think I think Outkast just did something really really great for hip hop. They allowed they allowed conscious hip hop to be non pretentious. They allowed hip hop in general to be not from the East Coast and West Coast, and they allowed for just hip hop to to explore itself and be okay with with being like emotional. With with cutting deep from where you live, but rising above the poverty kind of aspect to it, and mm. inevitably they they allowed for fashion to really come into hip hop. Like we didn't even brush upon the fashion of Outkast at know, all, right? yeah. but like my God, on especially like Andre the Three Thousand and like and like Big Boy had his own style, but like the fashion alone that these guys brought to hip hop is is damn near like unmatched. Yeah, and so it, kinda, it took away from the baggy pants and yeah, know, all that the the baggy look of of gangster rap and or even like eighties hip hop, but made it more eccent- like much more eccentric, especially Fitted with Andre clothes. Uh, yeah, like like Idlewild too is is like the last of that the era of mm-hmm. of but like that the movie itself you should watch at some point. It's not very good. It's just an extended music video, but yeah. like man, the set pieces are solid. Very, very solid. And whoever whoever was in charge of like set design did a phenomenal job and they should be paid handsomely for it because that was the only saving grace of that movie. <laughs> but I love Outcast. I love Outcast more than ever now and, and I, I I cannot I cannot wait to make up for lost time. And I'm I'm super excited because I'm gonna listen to this album again tomorrow and, mm-hmm. and see what I missed when we talked about it. 
Um, but uh, again, I think I think uh, for me personally, this is my this is my top ten favorite hip hop records of all time. Wow. I think it's a perfect three. This is a perfect three for me. <laughs> oh my I think, god! I think I think I think everything about it is absolutely fucking perfect. I think this is a perfect three. I think <laughs> oh my god! No I is a perfect three. What? That's my number two. I think Speaker Box is like a 2.7, 2.6, and I think Stain County is a 2.5. Wow. Dude, I've I've heard so much silly boy talk in my life, but that was probably the silliest. I'll keep going. I think Southern Play It, I think that's a 2.25. And then I think Idle Wild is a one. And I think Love Below is a, is a sub that's one. That's a big jump. That's a big jump. It's it's arguably <laughs> the biggest jump like, I've ever done in the pod. Damn. Okay. Southern Play is a 2.25 and Idlewild is a 1. Wow. And Love Below is just, we shouldn't even talk about that ever again. Yeah, it's terrible. Dude, like, we didn't even get into like the artwork. Like, the I know, story. the artwork is so cool, right? It's so awesome. And the fact that, like, Big Boy's hat, like, the artist fucked up on his face. And so he mm-hmm. added that hat. But he always wore a hat anyway. So it just matched so perfectly. And the artwork yeah. is just so eclectic and it's so extraterrestrial and this whole outcast vibe and they wanted to be called they wanted to call themselves the misfits yeah right out the gate they wanted to be called the misfits not even knowing there's a punk band but they but they didn't even know like all all accounts that i read but they didn't know who the misfits were like you know what i mean like even like looking on looking into it they didn't think like oh there's already a really successful punk band called the misfits it was never like that it was always like oh there's someone there's another artist called the misfits it was always yeah. like a throwaway thing. Like they never looked into it, which made me kind of like not respect them a little bit because, I don't know. <laughs> but they're also, you know, from a, an entirely different, you know, generation. It's the East Coast still. You know. It's a long coast, everything. but it's still the East Coast. Uh, it's a very long <laughs> coast from Jersey to uh, to Atlanta. Yeah, it's a long coast. It's the East Coast. Yeah, 3.0, easy, perfect record. Way, Okay, so my final thoughts. This uh, this week has been very eye opening in a in a positive and negative sense. They're, like you were saying, we were talking about earlier. There's some bad records. They put out some bad stuff. Straight up, It's Aliens is a really good record. I really enjoyed it. There are a couple moments, like I said, that were pretty. They were duds. Um, like in Babylon, dude, that almost a stinker. That chorus, man, one of the worst ever. And the lyrics. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That that was so difficult for me. And it almost kind of killed it for me a little bit because I mean, I'm 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 probably a little bit stupid. Who knows? But well, I know. I just I couldn't I couldn't get into it. It, it. it was tough. That was tough for me. But overall, I understand what they were going for and, you know, kind of knowing where they were coming from, how old they were and they they accomplished a lot in a very short amount of time, and that is very impressive. And this record is really good. It's it's not perfect. I'll tell you that much. It is not a not a perfect three. <laughs> it is not a perfect three. Uh, I will give this. Uh, I I will give this record a two out of three. A solid two. Okay. A solid two. It. I would go back to it. I would I would get this on vinyl if it was at a decent price. At a twenty dollar price point, a twenty twenty dollars, I would get this record, okay. maybe twenty five. But other than that, I would not, I would not pay that much more for this record. There's no way. It's okay. good, but dude, Stinkonia and Speakerbox, dude, those those albums are unreal. Those are so good. Those are 
those are like 2.75 maybe 2.8 those, those are those are those aren't perfect but they're damn close damn you I, really, I, I was really got to listen to his first solo album big boys i'm really interested because speaker box really blew me away that was so good it was so fucking good and i didn't i didn't expect it after thinking i was going to like you know andre stuff more but dude love below was garbage it was trash <laughs> it's, it was terrible it's, it's like it's it's impressively bad. Yeah, embarrassingly bad. But yeah, so I give I give AT Aliens a two out of three. Give it a perfect three out of three, which is it's crazy. It's wild, but whatever. What are you gonna do? So that's all I got. Do you have anything else on this one? I don't. That's it. That's all, kid. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Stay tuned for the the next episode. It's going to be uh, a weird one, but it'll be fun. So right. once again, thank you all for listening. And uh, that's it. That's all. You really, you really believe that? I do. I do believe that. Yes. You really believe that stupid thing that you just said? <laughs> you do. I do. I do. You're unbelievable. You're fucking unbelievable. You're zero credibility. All credibility is gone, washed away, out the window. Bye bye. That's it. And my God, it needed Big Boy so bad. And you think <laughs> like, oh, Big Boy's. I'm talking about you specifically. When you think like. <laughs> Big boys, he's the worst member. <laughs> he's the worst member of Outcast, call, and Andre's so much me better. Up and I haven't even said anything yet. I, I literally have not said anything yet. It's so funny. Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's the worst member of Outcast. Andre's so much better. Yeah, clear. You know, case in the pudding or whatever the people say. <laughs> it's not because this track needed Big Boy so bad, and without him, it would have been just trash. Oh. But. um like a lot of them. Like it wasn't just like one song he did with them. It was like every rack record for record. Every <laughs> record. <laughs> every record from Stankoni on. It was it was so cool.